The following program contains adult content. It is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. This content is not safe for work. If you are a pearl clutcher, a prude, or a pious type, just don't listen. Welcome to There Are No Nice Guys, a podcast about divorce, dating, sex, and what happens when single women realize that there are no nice guys. I am your host, Laura Coronado. Thank you for joining me. You're listening to episode three of There Are No Nice Guys. And thank you for returning. If you have listened to my premiere episode, episode two, and you're back for episode three, I, hopefully I'm keeping you entertained and you're coming back for more. And I really appreciate that. Now, previously I had said that episode three was going to be about dating horror stories. And it is. However, my original concept was to interview two people about bad dates and that was going to cover episode three. Well, after interviewing my next guest, her name's Martina, a very, very good friend of mine. Um, we had so much content and so much stories to share and so much laughter and such a good time that I had to save that second interview with my other friend for episode four. So really dating horror stories is going to be a part one in episode three and part two in episode four. And if you're a single woman, and if you've been single for a while, that should come as no surprise because of course there's so much content and there's so much to talk about when it comes to bad dates. I would say that most of our dates probably end up being bad dates. Not always horrific, true. I want to be optimistic and believe that um, a minority of our dates are actually dating horror story type of stuff. But, I mean, wouldn't you say that like most dates really are like a bad date? I had a bad date recently, very recently. It started off good. Uh, we matched on Bumble and um, he seemed like a perfectly nice guy. And we met um, at a restaurant, but we sat at the bar and ordered tacos and had drinks and I mean, we were vibing pretty well, I thought. I mean, to the point where I was like, okay, I might invite this guy back home with me. Because again, as I always say, I'm just looking for casual sex type of encounters. I'm not looking for a boyfriend. So I was having a good time with him. I thought he was too. And then at some point, and I kid you the fuck not, he turned around and started talking to the women who were sitting on the other side of him, like turned his fucking back, back of his head, everything and starts talking to them. I don't think he was like outright flirting with them. And they certainly weren't uh, vying for his attention or, you know, trying to flirt with him either. Um, but, you know, he talked to them probably for a good, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes. It just it seemed like such an interruption to the date. And it was just rude. Um, and for someone to not even be aware of that type of bad behavior, it was, I mean, that was immediately turned off. It's funny because prior to him doing that, 
he had expressed previous bad dates, what he considers a bad date, is um, having these women who pull up their phones in the middle of the date to either have text messages or maybe get on social media or whatever. And he just thinks it's rude to bring out your phone while you're on a date. I certainly think, I actually agree with that. I, don't, I certainly didn't do that on our date. And I don't think I've ever done that on a date ever. Um, so for him to interrupt our date and then turn and talk to these women, I was like, doesn't he realize that's the exact same thing he was just complaining about? He didn't realize it. it turns out the dude just had no self-awareness because when he turned back around and talked to me at this point, I have changed my, uh, like my body signals. I'm no longer facing him. I've like kind of completely turned to the bar now. I'm like watching television. I'm checking out the guys at the other end of the bar who are sitting on my side. And then he proceeds to start having a conversation with me. I think he starts to say something like, uh, so where were we? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't remember where you were in the conversation. Of course, he figures out immediately. I mean, I'm giving off all the signals that I'm just not into the date anymore. And he's like, what's wrong? What's going on? I don't understand. And he starts like panicking, which that was a complete turnoff too. It was just immature. I mean, he wasn't being like um, aggressive with me or hostile, but panicking. And it, I don't know, it just seemed like, again, he lacks self-awareness and it just seems sort of, I don't know, juvenile. So, um, of course, I'm not going to tell him because I'm like, mm, I don't really need to educate you. Like, you're not a child and I'm not your mother and fuck that. He actually started to do the math like verbally and he goes, okay, we were having a good time and we're talking and then I turned over here and started talking to these ladies and then I come back and you're cold as ice. And then he stops and goes, oh, I shouldn't have diverted my attention that way. And I'm like looking at him going, um, you think? So I did educate him and tell him, look, you were just complaining about women who pull out their phones in the middle of a date. What you did was interrupt our date and divert your attention elsewhere. And it's just as rude as women pulling out their phones on a date. So at this point, I'm just turned off and I'm not into you. So that was it. I paid for my half of the bill and he was actually nice to walk me to my car. And he's been thinking about buying an SUV. I just bought an SUV. So I let him look at my car and I was like, okay, well, thanks. Bye. Um, and then he did text me within, I don't know, 30 minutes or so and was like, that is the strangest almost date that I've ever had. He called it an almost date. I'm like, dude, seriously? So I replied back and I said, you know, after processing, um, the experience, I'm definitely not interested in a second one and I don't even think we should be friends. And so that was it. And I've never heard from him again. And of course, I've never, I'm not a crazy person. So I've not like blown up his phone to tell him off, whatever. Like when I'm done, I'm done. So that was my latest bad date. Uh, Martina has a hilarious one for you. And then I add one in too. So get ready for some laughter. And you know what? When it comes to dating horror stories, when it comes to bad dates, you gotta laugh, otherwise you're just gonna end up crying. You're listening to There Are No Nice Guys, a podcast about divorce, dating, sex, and what happens when single women realize that there are no nice guys.
I'm with a single woman right now in her home. She's my good friend, Martina. Martina, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you could make it to my podcast and share your stories. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Be careful what you ask for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Martina is my hairstylist, actually. And she started off as doing my hair like, God, how long do you think it was ago that I had you come in and actually correct my hair coloring, by the way? The reverse ombre, I remember. Yes. And Um, I was there for hours for you to (laughs) fix it. I wasn't sure you were never coming back, but you did. Uh, gosh, I think it's been about five years now, five, six years. I think, no, no, no. I think it's been longer because I've been divorced for four years. I want to say it might be seven or eight years. It must be then if it's been four years since the divorce. Yeah. 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 And since then, of course, we've become really, really, really good friends. Absolutely. One of my dearest friends. Absolutely. Um, which can sometimes happen, I guess, when you've had a client for so long, but maybe, I mean, you've had so many clients, I guess it's not always happening to where you develop this friendship you click with some you don't click with others some Mm -hmm. become like actual friends that you do things with outside of the business which we have right and then there's some that just remain loyal clients to you and you have a great in salon relationship Mm -hmm, or in studio mm -hmm. relationship and um and that's okay too I mean this is my business it's how I earn a living it's my passion what I love but um but I'm certainly thankful over the years for developing friendships such as ours. I love our friendship. I do too. And We've always said that if I ever stopped being your client, we'd still be we'd friends. We'd still be friends. Yeah. yeah. You can cheat on me all you want. We're, you're, not, <laughs> you're not divorcing me. <laughs> well, speaking of cheating, you are a celebrity hairstylist. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I'm not like the most famous client you have, unfortunately. I, I mean, it's a close tie. <laughs> it's a close tie. <laughs> but you do have that special celebrity that I like to take influence from and ask you for like little hairstyle tips based on what you've just done <laughs> with that celebrity. We're not going to yes, say who. I, I do get text messages saying, you know, this is my next. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Along with screenshots. You're, you're doing this now on me next. I love it. Um, so before we go any further, I have to know because you've actually been traveling with the celebrity. Correct. What is your current relationship status? I'm involved. Um, I'm involved with someone that I am really into, but um, it's a big dynamic. Maybe something for another podcast one day. Ooh, <laughs> that heavy. Yes. Complicated? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is complicated. You know, complicated with work and traveling and, you know, we'll save save that for another podcast. Would you call him a nice guy? Um. No, (laughs) that was a no man. He's definitely a man. Mm -hmm. And with that, I'd say there's always potential for being a nice guy. Okay. That's good to know. And what is your relationship status, Laura? Well, there is a guy that I've told you about in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll call him Hammer because that's the nickname you know him. Laying the hammer down. Laying because he lays the hammer down. Weaves himself in inside inside of me, but leaves weaves himself <laughs> even better in and out of my life, and um, he's just made a sudden appearance recently. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if you've heard of cuffing season, but we're in the midst of cuffing season, and that's yes. that's when people want to couple up. And he just kind of appeared at the beginning of cuffing Looking season. For his cuffing partner. I mean, either hand cuffing or coupling up cuffing. I'm kind of open to both more so the handcuffing part right. of it but um <laughs> That's you <my> know girl. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes so i'm having sex if that's a relationship status i'm happy for that and i'm 
still engaging with other men. Good. Because I'm single until I'm not. Right. So I'm still single. I'm still single. So you have never been married. Am I correct? No, I have not. Never even been asked. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Their loss. Thank you. Their motherfucking loss. I concur. (laughs) So... For the most part, you've been single like your whole life. I mean, you've been in relationships. You've been monogamous. I know you've been the monogamous, date, dating, loyal girlfriend. Yes, a serial monogamist. Yeah, yeah. But over the years, have you... What is your take on dating and how it's changed? Do you think it's gotten worse or better with online dating in particular? For, um, from my experience, I mean, I've, obviously that's what we speak from, but um, I believe that it has gotten worse for me in particular because the older I become, the more standards I have. Mm-hmm. You know, the, they're higher, they're, you know, realer. They're, I'm less willing to deal and settle yeah. for situations and, you know, potential of things and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I never, I, I've told people in my life, like, I never wanted to be the girl that was always dating someone new. You mm-hmm, know, I mm-hmm. have a relationship for a while and if it doesn't work out, I move on, but I only date one person at a time. Yeah. Um, not that that's greater or less than anyone else. I mean, I've tried, I want, there was a period of my life where I wanted to be a big player and, mm-hmm. you know, date everybody. And what ends up happening to me is I, out of, you know, going on dates, I find someone I'm interested in and mm-hmm. that's where my focus goes. Yeah. So it's just how I'm wired. Yeah. And, um, over the years it's become harder and harder because, you know, you get to know someone and, and they always want you to think they're a nice guy. Of course. They always tell you everything you want to hear. They always, um, they're wooing you, they're courting you in their mm-hmm. own particular way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we like to hear those things. So, yeah. you know, typically you have conversations, you interact for a while. There's some that you have a few conversations with and you say, hell no, you know? Yeah. There's some you have a few conversations with and you say, maybe later. Yeah. And there's some that you say, I want to check it out. I want to investigate. But yeah, it's gotten harder for me. I think uh, online dating, it's amazing for the fact that you can interact with many more people than you would possibly be able to in In your day-to-day life. You're you're not going to meet that many people in a day, Mm -hmm. just in your daily life. So I think that that's great. But I also think that online has become synonymous with hookups. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I have met very few people who are online and like seriously dating. Yeah. Um, the It's been more women than men that I've met that are looking for a serious relationship. Online. Yeah, of course. Um, and there's, you know, there's lots of special people in the world. And they seem to be online a lot. They seem to be online. You're going to like find those people online more so than you would in person because the special people, (laughs) the ones who require a certain level of patience and endurance and compassion and all of that understanding, um, they don't want to go out to bars and out to clubs or out anywhere to meet people in person. They do seem to shine brighter online. And I think that there's a, there's a layer there, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and the web is a layer that you can be, you know, everybody has courage sitting behind a screen, if you will, or, you know, typing on a phone. Yeah. You have a lot more courage than you would if you're sitting there looking the person in the eye. So I think for people who are shy, um, people who aren't necessarily as socially inept, you know, Mm -hmm. or or maybe they're socially awkward, I should say. Um, They don't 
they don't have what it takes to get out and mingle in a bar or yeah. do whatever. So they're, they're able to be there. I think it's also people who, um, I mean, if I may say, I don't, can I cuss? Of course. Oh my God. I, I fucking cuss all the time. You're asking the wrong person. You fucking know me. Well, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, so I feel like, you know, the unsolicited dick pics, you know, the oh, things yeah. like that. Like what man would walk up to a woman in a bar and whip out his dick and show it to her? Like, Well, actually, that piece. has happened. I mean, that's the <laughs> whole thing. So, I mean, that is a thing where people do expose themselves. But you know, like in the 70s and 80s and, and even the 90s, like before there was like online dating, mm-hmm. um, only the ones who were willing to risk getting arrested <laughs> would do that but they're i looking to break the law yeah they're, they're like okay I, i'm okay with like i you know I'm, maybe i'll get arrested i'm okay with this i really want to share my dick even <laughs> even though it's flaccid and small but nowadays it's like uh that that innate desire to share my cock and what it looks like with you like that is coming out even more with men because they're, they're less likely to get re- arrested. Right, online. I mean, they're, in, they're sliding yeah, in their DMs. exactly. Or if, or if they're texting it to you, right. right? So, yeah, I think that that's always been there. It's just that being online, like you said, it creates a layer, a wall, a veil. Yeah, a that, cup of courage. Yes, that allows the men who are likely to do that anyway mm-hmm. To just do it more often, to be more bold about it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Side note on an unsolicited dick pic. As a hairstylist, you know, I'm into grooming and, Ooh. and got a tip. Time, I mean, he was a handsome, handsome fella, but he sent me an unsolicited dick pic, which I probably wouldn't have minded from him under the normal circumstances. But mm-hmm. when I received it, and I, I, I mean, I guess I should preface this with saying, I'm as much as I love hair as a hairstylist, I mm-hmm. like it clean. Of course, you know. Um, if you expect me to get down there and do what it do, then you got to maintain it, yeah. you know, trim the garden. And so I got this pick and it was the hairiest penis I've ever seen in my Ooh. life. I mean, it was so hairy that hair was growing up the shaft and I had, n- I had never seen that before in my life. It was a hairy dick. It was a hairy dick. I think it's bad enough when you get an unsolicited dick pick, but I mean, at least give, give him a haircut before you give him his debut coming through the airwaves. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, that was that was a sidebar. But fellas, if you are listening, trim your bush. However, <laughs> fellas, if you're listening, there are those of us who like hairy dicks. I'm a hairy dick woman. Do you love it? Oh, my God. I think hair should be on a dick and on the balls. Wow. I even like a man with a hairy ass. Really? Oh, my God. Yes. I did not know this yes. about you, Yes. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> you're not as old as I am, but you're close. Right. So back in, I want to say the late 70s or early 80s, okay. uh, Burt Reynolds did like this. Centerfold. Yes, mm-hmm. in Cosmopolitan. That dude is like, was as hairy as the bear rug that he was laying yeah, upon. that he was laying on. And from that point on, I have loved a hairy man. Oh, okay. I well, love hairy chest. I love uh, facial hair. I love a hairy dick. I love a hairy butt, hairy legs. Even hair on the toes. Men, to me, should be hairy. I like, I like clean. I like clean shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm, maybe that's just because I'm a nasty motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> see, I want to see my pussy juice sitting on his hairy dick. <laughs> well, the hair would hold it. Little beads. Oh, I guess when you're, you know, for me, it's like I see it either way. So... <laughs> Boy, this conversation really took a turn. <laughs> We've gone from zero. To My one. mother's not going to be listening to this one. Okay. <laughs> so our next topic and what we're really here for is 
let's talk dating horror stories. Halloween. (laughs) Halloween's coming upon us. Now, this will probably air after Halloween, but right now it's before Halloween. Okay. Now's the time to talk about the scary dating horror horror stories. And before I tell you, I almost said hairy stories. (laughs) (laughs) Pun intended. Yeah. Dating horror stories. So I actually had a woman um, tweet me on Twitter probably just a couple days ago. And I think this is a woman who's actually, she's becoming divorced or newly divorced. And I think she's like in her early 60s. Okay. And she's like, I'm actually looking forward to dating. But then when I read your tweets, it scares me. And I was like, keeping it real, Kathy. Yeah. You have nothing to look forward to when it comes to dating. Kathy. Yeah. And I'm sorry. And she's a fabulous person. She's a nail tech in Las Vegas. I love her. She's a great person any man would be lucky to take her out on a date land something like kathy yeah but she has nothing to look forward to and i hate to tell her that especially in her 60s yeah that's a little depressing yes but it's fucking true and i want her to be prepared for that you know so for those of you who are newly divorced or just broken up with somebody you've been in a long-term relationship you're just hitting the dating scene i mean it's true you just you really don't have anything to look forward to. And it's sad. I mean, sex. There's there, there's interesting sex out there. I mean, I know. There's after, Netflix and chill. Yeah. I mean, for me, <laughs> after being married for 22 years, and it felt like a thousand. But after being married for 22 years, I mean, the first time a different man touched me. What was that like? Oh, my God. I had the shivers. You would have thought that I was freezing cold and it was 32 degrees outside. It was middle of summer and, you know, Vegas. It was like fucking 100 and something degrees. Yeah. There was no reason for me to be quivering the way I did. I quivered because it was a different man. Did it feel, did it feel foreign in a, in a not supposed to be doing this way or? It felt foreign and not in a not supposed to be doing this way. It felt foreign and empowering. And this man is more handsome than my Mm ex-husband younger, sexier, and has a much bigger dick. Yeah. So I felt, I don't want to say I felt treasured. I felt like I won the lottery. (laughs) And I felt like, how lucky am I? Because I had felt so discarded and rejected by my ex-husband. Yeah. That to have someone younger, sexier, more handsome with a bigger dick touch me as though I was some sort of sex goddess. Right. I mean, I felt really beautiful and really sexy and I fucking quivered and yeah, shivered. That's amazing. So the sex and the adventures in that sense is kind of fun if you're willing to understand that these men aren't going to cherish you. Yeah. Or even really value you. You need to at that point be assuming yourself and doing it for you. Exactly. You right. need to just go into it for the enjoyment of it. Just getting to that point of having a man touch you, Mm -hmm. even just getting to that point of sex and the date that occurs before can be pretty fucking horrific. (laughs) And that's what we're here to talk about is those dating horror stories. And one of my favorite stories of yours, Martina, is the guy from L.A. L.A. man. The L.A. man. So can we call him that a man? L.A. boy. L.A. limo driver? Wasn't he like a limo? <laughs> <laughs> L.A. limo man? L.A. lim. 
<laughs> LA, considered a brand. LA lame <laughs> is more like it. LA layman. Los Angeles. <laughs> Tell us that story. Tell us about how you guys mat- matched up, whatever it was, and then you start talking about setting up this date. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of online, I had ended a relationship and I've, you know, I'm older. And so I always, I mean, older, I mean, I'm, I'm young, but from an era before all the online dating. Yeah. And so as an adult looking at online dating, I thought like, uh, all the taboos and the things that go along with it. Like, do I really want to do that? It made me feel like, like, am I that hard up that I need a date that I have to go online? Like you thought it was a desperate situation. Right. But, um, I tried, you know, I went online, I set up an account and I, I got to tell you the first day I was feeling pretty damn good about myself because mm-hmm. I mean, I posted recent pictures. It's pictures that I look like. It's not pictures. You know, I wasn't trying to gaslight anybody or f- catfish anybody or, um, you know, put up a picture from 73. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I wasn't born yet, but, um, <laughs> Anyways, you know, I wasn't looking to do that. I was, I was being who I was and I was getting a lot of responses. And so I thought, oh, this is amazing. You know, you, I would have never met any of these people today had it not been for online. Mm-hmm. So I met him, one of those people that I, I started a conversation with and we talked for a couple of weeks online, you know, in the message, I was scared to give anybody my number. Yeah. After the couple of weeks, we had such great conversations about so many different topics. He seemed very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, very open, Mm -hmm. you know, to conversation, not like when you have those dates where you're shut down everything you say, you know, and do. So he was very open and, and we decided, uh, that we'd like to see each other. Mm -hmm. So I gave him my phone number and we had one phone conversation voice to voice and it lasted like two hours. So we thought like, wow, this is great. Like we're having a great connection. Yeah. So, um, yes, he's a driver, (laughs) a private driver. Mm -hmm. Uh, He told me he had his own business uh, privately driving people like, you know, you come to L.A. and you're looking for a private car Mm -hmm. to drive you. Mm -hmm. There's services that you can call. He was one of of those services. So he was actually going to be coming out and working Coachella um, in Palm Springs. Yeah. That's where it is. Yeah. Yeah. So he was going to be working Coachella there and he thought, well, I can just drive instead of driving back to L.A., it's about the same distance. I Mm -hmm. could drive to Vegas and then we could go on a date. And I said, that would be great. So he actually came a day later. Mm -hmm. He was we we had reservations at 530. Mm -hmm. He didn't get to Vegas until about 645. So I had continued to change the reservation time. Yeah. I was already starting this date a little irritated, yeah. you know, but yeah. being the benefit of the doubt, we've had such great conversation. I know, you know, once we get in around each other, it should be good. Weren't you telling me also that you like bought a new outfit? Oh yeah. Got your hair done, your nails done, your yeah. makeup done. Like, didn't you like, I remember you saying something like, I invested money to look good Absolutely. on this date. I mean, I'm always getting my nails and hair done, you know, but, but I got them done a little earlier than it was time for me yeah. to, because I wanted them fresh. I didn't want to have any cuticle showing, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I'm a hairstylist. So, I mean, I, I had the, my girlfriend who's colors, my hair came over and mm-hmm. colored my hair and I styled it myself. I bought a new outfit, some new shoes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like several hundred into this date yeah. already. Yeah. But also because he was driving from LA, I felt like I never want anyone to assume, you know, now it's such a touch, touchy subject mm-hmm. of who's going to pay for what, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. in this generation of dating. I think yeah. that's one of the things that's gotten harder too. Yeah. Because although it sounds chauvinistic to say, or, um, 
forgive me if I'm not using the right word, but, but to say like, oh, men have to pay for dates and yeah. things like that. That's an old school mentality. But you know what? It was so much easier because there was, cl- there was clear lines. Yes. It's cut and dry. Yeah. Now it's like, it's, you look at each other when the check comes. Anyhow, I didn't know what the situation would be like with that. Yeah. I am old school. So I, I don't expect, but I assume that a man mm. will pay for the meal. Yeah. I always have enough money on me and I'm not going to order anything that I don't have enough money to pay for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an adult, Mm -hmm. but, um, anyways, I thought because he's making the effort to drive all the way out here, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to him. I'm going to surprise him. And, you know, I expect based on our conversations, the way, the way his thought process was, how he had reverence for women, you know, things like that, that I just assumed he would be a gentleman. Mm -hmm. And I bought tickets to go see a Las Vegas show after Mm -hmm. dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. So as he's coming and he's being late, I'm nervous that we're not going to be able to get dinner oh, done in time no. to be able to get to these shows. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm going to roll with it. If it gets time past the show, then I'll just mention, you know, we had tickets. Yeah. But, you know, maybe we'll have to go another time when you come out or what yeah. have you. I just did that as a gesture so he wouldn't think that I was just out for him to drive out to Vegas, pay for my food, do everything mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. He gets here. And he texts me saying that he made it to his hotel. He was staying at a hotel off the strip and asked if I was ready to come meet him. And so, you know, me being the... Oh, so he didn't pick you up. No. And I'm actually old. I'm old school in so many ways, but in this new generation and environment that we live in, this new society, I don't like men. You're not sure you wanted him to know where you live anyway. Right. I don't let men pick me up for first dates at my house. I think it's great if they offer. That is a good sign. But I don't allow it because I'm a single female living by myself and you just never know. Yeah. Anyways, he he arrives in Las Vegas and asks me to meet him at his hotel. So I'm down in the vicinity. He had told me the hotel he was going to be staying at. And since we had plans at four, I was down in the vicinity trying to save some time. Uh, uh So I'm killing time. I drive over to the hotel he's at and he leaves me sitting in the lobby for a good 20, 25 minutes or so before he comes down. After he had texted you and said, this is where I'm at. Can you come meet me? Yeah. Are you ready to meet me? And then, so you show up and you're still sitting there for like 20 minutes waiting for him. Yeah. And, and this is a hotel casino. Uh-huh. So, you know, you walk in and there's the lobby and there's not really a lot of sitting area. And then there's just the casino. So you it's one of the small ones off the strip. Casino, yeah. Right? Yeah. So you have me sitting at a slot machine mm. waiting 20, 25 minutes on our first date. Mm-hmm. You know, come on, like ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways, he comes down and he acts like nothing, like it's no big deal that he's just left me sitting here for 20, 25 minutes. I was texting him, calling him nothing on his phone like really? I'm here, and no response. So I get there and he says, oh, I'm sorry I'm late. I wanted to freshen up after driving, you know, that far. Mm-hmm. So my mentality is flipping between be patient. He was on the road. Yeah. You know, give him the benefit of the doubt to um, no, like have it together. Like you're supposed yeah. to be. You ask me for my time. Yeah. I'm the type of female. If I ask you for your time, mm-hmm. I plan on treating. I plan on planning. Yeah. I plan on all of that because I like for those things to be done for me. I mm-hmm. don't mind doing them for my partner yeah. or potential partner. Uh, anyways, he, we w- start walking outside and I'm expecting that he'll drive. I mean, for, he's a driver for Christ's sake, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we get out there and he's like, where are you parked? <laughs> and I tell him over there, I point to it and he starts walking in that direction. <gasps> so I, assuming I'm driving us on our date. Whoa. Yeah. Again, my mind just is going towards, okay, he drove all this way. You know, I'm making 
excuses for yeah. him. We get in the car and it's bad enough that you, you, you know, you're making me drive after this because I would think like, I don't know. It's just, it's a masculine thing to, yeah. me to pick your lady up for yeah. a date. And even if we're meeting, you still should drive us. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the worst backseat driver I've ever had in my life. Like every time. Okay, wait a minute. So you're driving (laughs) and this motherfucker thinks he can tell you how to fucking drive? In my city. I would have pushed him out of the motherfucking car (laughs) while it was moving. (laughs) He doesn't even live here and he's telling me, oh, shouldn't you be making a left right here? Oh, this this is not the valet. This is the self park. Oh, this is. Oh, fuck him. So I'm telling him like, it's okay. I got it. I know where we're going. We're going to the Bellagio. You're so patient. It's so nice. I I, know. Or maybe I I was just hard up for a date. (laughs) No. I mean, I know you personally. You're a much more compassionate, patient person than I am. I am telling you, I would have pushed that motherfucker out of the car while it was moving. I mean, I thought about it, but. Yeah. I didn't want to go to jail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he would have got run over. Anyways, we get to the we get to the hotel, and it's one of those things. Like I say, you know, I keep saying I'm old school. Like I expect for a man to walk with me. To I love the hand on the small of my back to mm-hmm. lead me through a door. Mm-hmm. You know those things because when I say I'm old school, it's not because I'm some spoiled expectant female. Yeah. But I've never met a man that doesn't like to be treated like a man. So what you're saying is you like chivalry. Yeah. I love that. And I love gender roles for those reasons. Like, mm-hmm. I don't mind if, if you're at my home for dinner, I'll make your plate and I'll clean it and mm-hmm. pick it up and take it to wash it, do mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. So when we're out on a date, make me feel that special. Yeah. You know, and I know that this is a first date, but it just, it sets the tone. Yeah. And it kind of lets you know what you're going to be dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, there's men that do things to get you that they're not willing to do to keep you. And then there's men that just don't even try. Yeah. But the lack of chivalry wasn't even the beginning of what makes this so horrific for you. (laughs) No. No, um, So we're eating at this nice Italian restaurant at the Bellagio where you could see the fountains and everything. We, we walk up to it and I had requested to sit outside on the patio. It's, it's summertime. You know, Mm -hmm. I had requested to sit out on the patio, uh, for that reason. Mm -hmm. It may have been like end of summer, so not too cold, but, uh, they didn't have any available because the patio is first come first serve. Yeah. So they did seat us because I requested that right inside at the window. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And, you know, I, I live in Las Vegas, so it's not, I mean, I've seen this thing a hundred times, but mm-hmm. it's just the point of offering mm-hmm. that there was one chair facing the water show and one chair not facing the water show. And he was so busy rushing to get to the chair that faced the water show to like out sit me, you know, get a better position than oh me. Oh my God. The, the lady who was seating us, the hostess, she looks at me, looks at him, doesn't really know what to do. So mm-hmm. she pulls out my chair for me, for <gasps> me to be able to sit down. And I'm just like, you know, it's one thing after another. I'm just at this point, I'm just looking for some shred of gentleman behavior. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm looking for something that I can be like, okay, I can go on this date. I can finish this date. Yeah. So at this point, um, I'm, you know, I'm feeling a little funny. We sit down and he's, he's, uh, asking me questions about what I do, you know, where I'm from. He's telling me what he does, where he's from. I mean, we covered most of this in our conversation already. So it was kind of like like nervous talk. I took Mm it, Mm -hmm. which is fine. You know, I wasn't nervous, but I've been in that situation before where you're nervous and you don't really know what to talk about, but it wasn't even, it it was like, we had these great conversations on the phone and it was just, I felt like I was, maybe they sent someone else. Like, am I on an episode of punk? That's a good point. You know, who am I going on this date with? Cause this is nothing what I expected based upon the the previous communication. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we sit down and this was, this was kind of the point in the date where I was like, 
okay, it's just, it's going to keep happening. Like it's going to keep getting better yeah. through the day, uh-huh. meaning worse. Uh-huh. Um, we get the menus and he's looking at the menus and he starts picking apart the restaurant. Now, mind you, he told me he'd like to take me to dinner. Yeah. Which was where I believe I got the assumption he was going to pay. Yeah. But anywhere I want in Las Vegas. Oh, well, see, that would also give you the assumption that he's going to pay. Right. Because he's saying anywhere that I want to go, like, I'd like to take you to dinner. Yeah. If I say that to someone, I'm paying. Yeah. There's no no hesitation. Yeah. So I picked this nice Italian restaurant. And, you know, I'm a foodie. So, I mean, Vegas is great for cuisine. There's Mm -hmm. so many amazing Mm -hmm. restaurants that you can go to. And I'm willing to pay a pretty penny for a nice meal. Oh, yeah. I love to get dressed up, throw some heels on, look good, feel good, smell good. You go out on a date. You, Mm -hmm. you know, wine and dine. Take advantage of what the city has to offer. It's the experience. Why would you, like, go chintzy on it? Yeah. It's like, it's romance. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, romance is such a corny word, but it's such an important thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, that's part of what's missing. You know, what that's also goes back to the dating being harder. Yeah. You know, there's a lack of romance. Yeah. Everything is so readily at your fingertips. There's no work for it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to make you date me for a year and a half before I have sex with you because I'm probably going to be hornier before yeah. that. You know? <laughs> but, um, but there's just something to be said of someone who is trying to capture your attention. Yeah. And the little things they do to do so. Impress you. Exactly. So uh, back to the menu. We sit down. We get the menu. He's picking apart everything. He can't find anything that he would like. Now, mind you, he told me before he came out when we were arranging this date, it didn't matter where I picked because he loves all kind of food, all kinds of cuisine. uh Not a picky eater. Well, he sounded very picky. He's picking apart everything on the menu like, oh, I don't want this. I don't want that. It's not a large menu. Mm Mm-hmm. He decides, he's made his choice, and he decides on a side of macaroni and cheese. And that's it. A side You're dish. kidding me. <laughs> no. no entree. No entree, just a side dish, no appetizers, no nothing, just a side dish. No meat. No meat. I'm macaroni ordering the and macaroni cheese. and cheese, and that's all I'm fucking having at an Italian restaurant at the Bellagio Hotel in fucking Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be good food. Whatever you order is probably going to be amazing. You guys could have just gone to KFC if he, all he wants is like fucking macaroni. Yeah, he could have taken me to a nice Irish restaurant like McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I ordered ravioli. And so it comes in like three large ones that you have to cut up and eat, whatever. But mm-hmm. there's three ravioli on your plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the type of establishment where the more expensive plate you order, the less food is on it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So we get our the bread comes and he's eating up like the whole basket of bread because he's probably going to be hungry after just this side dish of macaroni and cheese, you know. Oh, God. So I get one piece of bread to like his six, whatever. I mean, these aren't like huge statements in a normal date. If a, if a man ate six pieces of bread, no big yeah. deal. But it's the Escalade. It's yeah. the, every little thing that he's doing is starting it, to work my fucking up. nerves. Yeah. So um, he gets, we get our food. And he gets his little itty bitty side dish of macaroni <laughs> and cheese. I, mean, I honestly thought it would be a bigger side dish at a place like and this. And it was itty bitty. I mean, it was like a few bites. Oh my God. So he gets it and he's like trying to slow down and eat his few bites. And we're still talking and, and he reaches over to my plate. No. And it says, Oh, I want to try this. And cuts no. my food. doesn't wait for me to say doesn't yes. Ask doesn't you. ask me. But just reaches over and starts cutting into one of my three raviolis. <gasps> And takes a big chunk, like half of one of them, and takes a big old bite. And then says, mm, this is good, and keeps eating it. No, he kept eating from your plate <laughs> so after, after the first bite. After the third bite that <gasps> he took, I decided just to push my plate over. Like, this dude is obviously more hungry than me, which makes sense. You've been on the road for hours. 
So here you go. You go ahead and enjoy these. And I just slid my plate over and let him finish enjoying. And I thought to myself at that point, I just want to hurry up and get through dinner so that I can go watch this fucking show that I paid for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm, not, I'm just going to pretend like he's not even there. I'm going to watch the show and go about my life. So <laughs> we get to the valet. I valeted. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was, you know, before they were charging for valet. Mm-hmm. So valet is free. You mm-hmm. know, you just tip a little bit. Yeah. And being a resident in Vegas, I mean, I overtip. I'm an overtipper. Yeah. I'm big on service. Yeah. And so I overtip because people remember you when you overtip. Yeah. So when I frequent places and I come back around, like I get impeccable service. Yeah. And I'm also in an industry mm-hmm. where people tip me as well. And yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful and gracious anytime anyone chooses to do that, that mm-hmm. I like to pay it forward. Yeah. You know, keep the money in circulation. So we get down to the thing and I'm thinking, well, it's free. I've driven you know, all of this stuff. And like, he doesn't even offer when the guy says your car's here, he doesn't even offer to like tip him or do anything. So I just walk around, I tip the man and he's like, how much did you give him? And I said, 20 bucks. And he was like, that's way too much. Like how much was valet? It was free. Right. And I said, (gasps) yeah, but he's a driver. He should know. Right. Supposedly he owns his own driving service. Yeah. So, oh, I forgot to tell you about the bill when the bill came. Um, oh, for dinner. Restaurant. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm sorry. Let me backtrack. He, when the bill came, we just stuck on stupid looking at each other like who's going to take care of this. Oh. And so we look at each other and I just looked down at the bill and I looked up at him and I said, I would hope you're going to pay for that. Did you really say that? Yes, I did. Good for you. Because you, you ate your side dish and majority of my meal. Yeah. Why would I pay for that? Yeah. I barely ate. Yeah. I got the free piece of bread. Yeah. So anyways, he, he says, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll pay. I said, well, I wasn't going to tell you. I was going to surprise you, but I got tickets to a show after this to continue our date. And he's like, oh, oh, OK. And he thought about it for a minute. He goes, oh, OK, I guess that's fair. You know, you pay for the show. I'll pay for dinner. Wow. Laura, I mean, he, so he didn't even seem to like appreciate or go, oh, you got his ticket. That was so generous of you. Nothing. No, in his mind, he's trying to justify who's going to be paying. He's like, OK, what? it's even Steven. So, OK funny that was his name uh, <laughs> he's more like uneven steven um so we get we get back to the car we get there he doesn't tip the valet nothing i get in the car i drive he's backseat driving me all the way oh down God. to our show we pull into the new casino i valet he, he jokes when the valet guy is getting my keys he jokes with them well i hope you're not going to pay him as much as you paid oh my God. the guy and i looked at the valet driver and i said don't worry i'll take care of you you know okay and and I walked away. Anyways, we go into the place. Um, we wait in the line. He's like walking off and looking at machines and looking at signs and, do, you know, doing so not even thing. like hanging out with you. No, like we're in the line waiting and he's just off doing his thing. And then he would come back and laugh like like it was, you know, like I don't I think it wasn't that he was not trying to be there with me. I think he was very interested on being in a date with me. I mm-hmm. think he just was oblivious to the fact that everything he was doing was like an adolescent boy. Like, oh, wow. I don't think he knew how, how to, behave. to go on a first date. Yeah. Or, and I say that loosely because these are my expectations. Yeah. But I mean, come on. Yeah. So we get to the front, the valet, or not valet, the um, the cedar, you know, sits us and, and we're like, you know, I got us good tickets, like three rows back, the place where you won't get water wow. on you. <laughs> So, you know, I, I got us good seats or whatever. And he says, oh, wow, these are good seats. And I said, yeah, only the best for my dates. Oh, good for you. <laughs> but we, we watched the show. And while the show is on, he gets a call from a girl. 
<gasps> a FaceTime call. And no. he takes it in the middle of the show. No. So not only are you embarrassing me and we have people around us that are looking like, why are you taking this phone call? But then you're showing her me. You're like putting the phone over and being like, oh, I'm on my date. And then you proceed to tell me like how you're on the phone with her. You're FaceTiming and how this is your ex-girlfriend, but now you're just really good friends. And she wanted to see who I was on a date with. Oh, my God. I mean, it just I just couldn't believe like I was laughing kind of to myself. Like what else is going to be happening? So, you know, we get through this painful ordeal watching the show. After the show is done, he asks, you know, do I want to go have drinks? Nothing. And I just looked at him and I said, sorry, out of cash. Good for you. <laughs> and I wasn't, but I was just, yeah. I was out of patience. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So we get in the car and I drive him back to his hotel and I'm going to park in the front of the hotel to drop him off where mm-hmm. I picked his ass up. Mm-hmm. And he tells me, oh, well, my room's around the back. Fuck him. So, <laughs> he can fucking walk. Right. So he's like, you're not going to drive me around the back. And I was like. Uh, I picked you up here and he's like, well, I'm not getting out until you drive me around <gasps> the back. So he's joking and it's not funny. So yeah. I drive his ass around the back cause I just want him out of my car. Uh-huh. So when I get to his driveway, he's like, Oh, right, right here, right here. The little walkway. And he gets, he goes to like open the door and he cocks the door open and he looks back at me and he tries to lean over to give me a kiss. No way. And I just turned my head and I was like, okay, yeah, have a good night. It was great meeting you. Mm-hmm. And he goes inside and he texts me and he's like, are you okay? Uh, And I text him back. Yeah, I'm great driving. Yeah. So then, you know, 20 minutes later, he texts me. Did you make it home? Okay. I said, sure did. Thanks. I didn't get like a thanks for the show. Thanks Mm -hmm. for anything. So Mm -hmm. I said, uh, thanks for dinner. And I said, thanks for sharing my dinner with me. Oh, that's what it was. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) But anyways, you know, that that was just like the first horror story from that is that I just I couldn't believe that it kept getting less and less chivalrous. Like as the night went on, I thought that, you know, you do you maybe you're slipping up because you're nervous or whatever, but you have an opportunity to redeem yourself several times on the date. And he failed. Didn't he text you and then you told him to fuck off? I mean, like you didn't tell him to fuck off, but he couldn't understand. And didn't you explain to him like, didn't you go down like a list? Here's what you did wrong. Yeah. A. B, C. Yeah. You know, the thing is, I mean, maybe that would work for someone else. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone else doesn't mind those type of things. That wouldn't work for anyone, Martina. Come on. I don't think so. But, you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt. So for for like a week, he kept trying to text and call me and I was just avoiding him. And, and, you know, that's I should have been better at that. So finally, I think to myself, you know what, like, no, if whenever I've dated someone or gone on a date or whatever, if they weren't feeling me for whatever reason, like whatever it was that turned them off, mm-hmm. I thought maybe I'd like to know that because maybe if I'm doing something that turns people off, yeah. maybe they could help me by letting me know. Oh, but so, okay. So you told him everything he did wrong, but were you thinking that you were helping him or was there any part of you that was really just doing it for yourself to be like, look, motherfucker. I would like to have masked it like I was helping him, but I was really doing it for me to let him know like yeah. just how dissatisfied I was with his behavior. Here's your Yelp review. <laughs> you get half a star. <laughs> and you stink. Um, don't go to, don't, don't patronize this place. Um, so you told him everything he did wrong. Well, yeah, because he called me and he says, you know, oh, I thought we had such great conversations before I came Y'all out. Did. And then all of a sudden you didn't want to really talk. You don't you seem like you don't want to talk to me anymore. And I said, well, yeah, I just don't think that it's going to work. Like I don't have a, I didn't, 
on the phone, like it was great conversation. It seemed like we were kind of on the same page of thoughts and ideas and just where we are in the world. And, uh, when you came, I said it, it was very, um, it was very the opposite of that. It turned me all the way off. Mm -hmm. And he said, wow. And I said, yeah, so I'm sorry. I mean, I just didn't feel like I could never look at you as anything more than a friend. Mm -hmm. And I said, but I, and he goes, so we can be friends. We can keep in contact. And I said, yeah, no. Yeah. And and he goes, no. And I said, let me take that back. I probably wouldn't consider you a friend. Good for you. Because I don't like entitled people. Oh, good for you. I don't like people who expect other people to do things for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean here calling the kettle black because on a date I expect a man to act a certain way, but I just didn't like his, his approach, you know? And I said, it didn't turn me on. It turned me off. And he he said, well, do you mind telling me what it was that turned you off? And I said, well, it was a multitude of things. I said, let's start here. And I started going through the things on the date and why it was offensive to me. Not bitching at him, not picking him apart, not doing whatever, but just as a matter of fact, kind of bullet point. Yeah. what about the date didn't work for me? Here's my bullet point presentation. <laughs> Let yeah. me give you the slideshow. Yeah. <laughs> and so then um, we didn't, he said, I, I completely understand. I'm, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I didn't think, I didn't take it like that as all, at all. You know, I didn't think it was giving that impression. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, it did, you know, but mm-hmm. thank you for the effort and uh, you have a good night. Take care. And yeah. we got off the phone and we didn't speak for like a couple weeks. And then, um, a celebrity that I work for had canceled a show. So he calls me up and he knew I worked for that person. And he calls me up and says, Oh, so-and-so. Okay. Like, are they sick? What do they have? What's going on? He wanted like celebrity gossip. Right. Fuck him. And I was like, listen, TMZ, I don't give that kind of information. (laughs) And so I told him, uh, actually, I just told him, I said, listen, TMZ, I'm not a publicist. Yeah. I'm a hairstylist. Yeah. I'm sure whatever's in the press release is everything that you need to know. Yeah. What a fucker. Yeah, like... He lacked manners is what it is. Yeah. I mean, he just really lacked manners. So, I mean, it wasn't just the chivalry. And and then you talked about the nervousness. So I want to address that. Like, when, when guys are, like, nervous on a date. And I get that. Like, I, I, I'm i like you. I, I make men nervous. And I think you do, too. It has I've been to told do, I'm intimidated. It has something to do with the light-colored eyes and the brunette hair, I think. We both have light-colored eyes and brunette hair. That makes men nervous. But I find... That when men are nervous, they're even more chivalrous. Yeah. They overdo the chivalry. There's like more of an attempt. They like so they're making yeah. up for that. So they like race you to open the huh. the door for you. Which I am not an old fashioned kind of woman. I can open up my own fucking doors. Yeah. I, I you know I don't mind meeting a guy. I like it when a guy picks me up. I think it's extra special, romantic. But it doesn't turn me off if I have to meet a guy somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind paying for my half of shit. But I find that guys who, nice guys, I find that nice guys who really do like you, (laughs) when they get nervous, they actually become more chivalrous and more generous, almost to a fault, almost to where it's like, okay, you're kind of overdoing it on the chivalry or you're kind of overdoing it. Yeah, you're too syrupy sweet now, you know, (laughs) but I don't do maple syrup, but it's, it's it's a nervousness, but it's a sweet nervousness. I think for him. He he had like just no manners. It's almost like he was raised in a barn or something. Which is surprising because when he first, when we were talking, you know, getting to know each other, his parents have been, are still married, have been married. And, you know, it's rare that you find someone whose parents never divorced or parents who've stayed together yeah. for their whole life or what have you. At least I found in my, in my dating, it's hard to find people who have that. Yeah. Um, 
And so his parents ha- are still together. And like that was part of where he is in his life apparently is like he's looking to settle down and find someone that he could be with for the rest of his life. And mm-hmm. he believes in that. When mm-hmm. you get married, you stay with that person, you know, yeah. no cheating, no, you know, he was looking for that. Exclusivity. Right. And Loyalty. so I told him, I said, you know, if you're looking for just a casual fling, that's how you behaved was how somebody would behave on a date that they're looking for a casual yeah. fling. Yeah. Like you're not trying to do, but if you're, you're looking for a wife. Yeah. Listen, if you can't pay for dinner, you're not qualified to have a wife. Yeah. I think someone in his household failed to tell him how much work his father put in to earning Mm -hmm. his mother's attention. So I have a bad date horror story for you, although nowhere near as intricate as yours was, but it's kind of along the same lines in the sense of bad manners and lack of chivalry. Do tell. Mine was more of a second date, although there was a red flag raised at the first date. So let me start at the first date. So the first date wasn't bad until we had sex. Okay. Because I stupidly forgot to bring condoms with me, but Mm. he had one. Okay. And it must have been some cheap ass... Um, general dollar store condom. No. Because I fucking caught a UTI. Oh, shit. Now, UTI... Bad latex, bad latex. Uh, yeah, it's like, I I mean, I've gotten UTIs before. It's usually with unprotected sex. Right. Um, but he motherfucker wore a condom, but I swear it was like, I'm telling you, it was a 99 cent store condom. Like, it was... It had like bad spermicide. I, I learned to start just really carrying my own condoms all the time. There's only certain condoms that I can use that don't irritate me. I find most vaginas are like that. They have specific brands that they're pretty yeah, to. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. A, I'm a Trojan girl. Okay. So. I'm not. I can't use those. <laughs> or Magnum. So those do lifestyle. Yeah, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm not a lifestyle girl at all. Isn't that funny? But I think his was even cheaper. I think yeah. his was like from a fucking gumball machine or something. I think it's pH balance. Yes. Like, I think yes. that has a lot to do with it, yeah. So that should have been my red flag right there. But I go on a second date with the dude. This time I don't have sex and I'll tell you why. Oh, you'll you'll figure out why. We go on our second date and we fucking go to happy hour herbs and rye, which you've been to happy hour. I think we've even I gone love, together yeah, herbs, and rye, herbs and rye, right? Rye. Like they have the best happy hour. Mm-hmm. And we even order like the steak. The steak is on their happy hour. Yes, it is. I've had and it. And we get drinks and we get sides and the bill comes. The sliders. And we, we, we don't want to do sliders, but we get like sides. Like, yeah. Probably like a macaroni and cheese type of thing <laughs> along with the steak, right? <laughs> yes. So we're having a generally good time. This guy was very um, intellectual and um, just a great conversationalist. And we had a good time together. And the bill comes. And he says to me, I don't have any scratch. Can you take care of it? And so. Scratch? Yeah, he says scratch. And I'm thinking, (laughs) oh, he can't afford my half because I'm thinking that the bill was like over a hundred bucks. Right. So I go, oh, I can take care of my half. Like I really don't, like I said earlier, like I don't mind. Yeah, Yeah, I don't mind paying for my half or something. He says, no, I can't even cover my half, but I'll get you on the next date. I was like, you have got to be motherfucking kidding me. So I'm dead. I'm dying. I pay for the bill, but then there's leftovers. Yeah. Motherfucker takes home the leftovers. He took the doggy bag? Yes. <laughs> and I can't. I drove. I can't. I drove because he didn't have a car. 
right? So that should have been the second red flag. So I get a UTI on our first date. (laughs) I drive on our second date. I pay for our second date. Yours is much more interesting than mine. (laughs) And then he takes home the fucking doggy bag. Now, do I go on a third date with him? That's the same as eating your plate. Yeah, totally, right? He got more than his share. We're meeting some hungry motherfuckers. I know. Hungry motherfuckers with broke-ass motherfuckers. Scrubs. These people are scrubs. With no scratch. No scratch. And I do go on a third date with him. All my friends are like, you are not going on a third date with him. And my thing is, and only I can say this because I am Latina, I am fucking Mexican-American. Like, you can damn well bet I'm going to get my money back by going on a third date with him. So I did go on a third date with him. He did pay for that dinner. I chose the restaurant. It was downtown. It was a hip restaurant. It wasn't as expensive as the second date was. But um, he paid for it, and I took home the leftovers. Good girl. Yeah. Good girl. Show him how it's done. And then I didn't see him anymore after that. (laughs) And I messed his number. So those are our dating horror stories. And we both have, I think, even more than that. Oh, yeah. We could have weeks of shows. We could go on, and we've actually talked on quite a bit. So... I want to ask you before we sign off. Yeah. Someone is either listening or they have gone on a really bad date. How do you keep going back out there again? Like what motivates you? You have a bad date with L.A. lame guy. (laughs) L.A. boy. I'm either uh, a glutton for punishment or or just blindly optimistic. (laughs) I'm not sure which one to classify myself as, but how do I get out there? Um, you know, to be honest with you, Laura, like I, as I said earlier in this, this segment, I never wanted to be the girl that was dating someone new all the time. Like as a hairstylist, you know, I have clients that come to me every five weeks, every Mm -hmm. eight weeks, every four weeks, every six weeks, what have you. But I see people on a, on a semi-regular basis. Yeah. And, you know, a topic of comedy, if you have to spend two hours, three hours with someone getting your hair done, yeah. I mean, you talk, you yeah. know, and always one of the conversations is, are you dating? Are you single? How's the boyfriend? Oh, how did that guy you were going on a date with? How did that work out? You know, this and that. So over the years, I've it's like whenever, you know, I see someone, they're lucky if two appointments they can get through. I'm dating the same guy, you know, oh. um, that's not true. I mean, I've had long term <laughs> relationships, but it feels that way. To yeah, me. yeah. And I never wanted to be that girl that was dating so many people, but you know, I'm going to, I'll be damned if I'm going to be involved in a relationship that isn't respecting me, Mm -hmm. isn't honoring me, isn't providing me with what my needs are. I mean, everybody has different needs, Yeah. but if you're in a relationship with someone that isn't providing them to you, what are you doing? Yeah. So I will serial date. I'll Mm -hmm. continue to keep dating because the answer to your question is I still believe in love. Yeah. I want to be loved Mm -hmm. and I have so much love to give. Yeah. You know, I've been told by many partners that I'm an amazing girlfriend and I'm marriage material and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe that's another subject for us to explore, but, um, you know, I've, I've kind of felt like that phrase that you hear always the bridemaid, never the bride, you know, I'm always told I'm marriage material, but never been married. But anyways, I I still want to love Mm -hmm. and just that simple desire. Like we're not designed to be alone. Mm -hmm. Um, we're designed to, have companionship and partnership and things. And, and I want that for myself. Yeah. And so just because some asshole doesn't either recognize my value or doesn't find me partner material or whatever the reason is mm-hmm. that he chooses or, or lacks the chivalry or wasn't raised properly or whatever the situation is 
or if it's just me, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he doesn't like the way my toes curl. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, for whatever the reason uh, of a horrible experience, a bad experience, I'm not going to give up. Yeah. I feel like there is someone that's compatible for me. And I, I mean, we've even talked about this in our own personal conversations mm-hmm. about seasons and yeah. you know, whether people are in your life for a season or yeah. if that's the reality. And all I do know is that when I'm interested in someone, I'm going to give them a hundred percent of what I am. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work from there, then I have no hesitation of that. I gave it my best yeah. shot and I'll move on from there. Yeah. But I'm not going to ever give up. And I don't think anyone listening or anyone in the world ever should. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. <laughs> I like that. That's very sweet. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, these things happen. Yeah. For and they're sure. funny stories from my end as a writer and now a podcaster. Um, it's a funny story. Well, we've had many, you and I have had many uh, amazing abs of steel laughter workouts yes, from yes. all of our dating horror stories. Exactly. Our trysts with men and things like that that we talk about. I mean, the salon is juicy. You know, <laughs> in-house chatter is juicy. So Yeah, I mean, women should look at it as a way to share their stories with other women and laugh. Yeah. Um, and you shouldn't let, like they always say, you shouldn't let one bad apple spoil the whole barrel for you there is a barrel full of good men out there (laughs) no one's fun as a barrel of (laughs) me i'm kidding there's a barrel of men yeah i mean there's hot sexy good looking men all the time like mm -hmm. if you date plenty of them in your life why is that a bad thing yeah and if you've had one or two bad dates it's not going to ruin the really hot sex you've had the really good dates you've had the great conversations you've had so yeah, I yeah. mean, it was funny. I was I was talking with someone that I had dated before that was saying like, well, you've never been married. What's wrong with you? Uh, and I said, well, I, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty wrong with me. We yeah. all have our issues, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm perfect. That's mm-hmm. a lie. Mm-hmm. But I said, I, I'm sure there's plenty wrong with me. But that, you know, I don't know. I guess I haven't found Mr. Right. Yeah. And uh, And then I look at him and I was sarcastic because he's someone who had been married for many years and then was recently divorced. Mm-hmm. And I said, and apparently you haven't either <laughs> because you know, this idea that because you got married at a young age and you stayed in a marriage that you were miserable in mm-hmm. for a certain amount of years. Mm-hmm. And I've been out dating and trying to find the right kind of love yeah. and not settling for something that I thought that I wanted or needed. Yeah. Um, makes me worse. Mm-hmm. No, you know, so yeah. anyways, another subject. We have many subjects. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, don't give up. Keep dating. It, it is horrific out there. It is frustrating. It's disappointing yeah. and it's heartbreaking. But get back out there. But I think it's still, I don't know. I still find some sort of reward yeah, in it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, like I said, at least, uh, and you've mentioned, you know, at least if you go on a date and it's a horror story, you have a great story to tell your girlfriends, to tell your children, to tell somebody who yeah. will listen because it's funny. It's an experience. And every experience only makes us better and stronger. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for being here, Martina, and talking to me. Well, I thank appreciate you for it. Me. I will have you back, I'm sure. I hope to be back. And hopefully we'll talk about good dating stories and not just the horrific ones. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, love. Baby, if you love me, you become a better man. That brings us to the end of episode three of There Are No Nice Guys. Part one of Dating Horror Stories. Episode four will be part two of Dating Horror Stories, where I'll be interviewing my friend Michelle, and she's got 
quite a dating horror story for you. But I hope you did enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoyed my interview with um, Martina as she told her dating horror story and I shared one myself. And I hope we laughed because as I said before, if you don't laugh about these bad dates, you'll end up crying and staying home and just never trying again. So I'm sure you have plenty of your own bad date stories to tell. And all I got to say is you just, you can't let them discourage you from going out there and trying again. You got to keep at it, you know, don't lose hope. So until I see you again for episode four, I hope you'll stay in touch with me at my website. There are no nice guys.com. See you then. Break, 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 break.